add a bit of sunshine to your home with Easy Living Furniture's Garden Furniture Sale with stunning dining sets, cracking egg chairs and relaxing sun loungers that are in stock and ready for delivery there really is something for everyone and with an extra 10% off sale prices and free delivery over 399 now really is the time to let your garden shine Garden Sale now on Visit Easy Living Furniture Don't miss out Find your local store online at easylivingfurniture.ie This is an Irish independent podcast. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry. Hello, welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. Folks, love can be complicated. It can be hard work, but it can also be amazing and life-changing too. We've all heard the idea that if we wait just long enough and look hard enough, we'll find the right person for us. But is love something we need to actively seek out? And do we really understand the meaning of what love is and what it looks like? Well, today I'm joined by author and meditation teacher, Connor Crichton, to talk to us about love and how many of us really don't fully understand what it is, but also the power it can have. His brand new book, The Truth About Love, shows us how to change ourselves and the world around us by simply opening our hearts up. Connor, a very big welcome to the show. How's it going? Good, good. Very good. Thank you. I'm already mellow. You've walked into the room and it's like, oh, this man is very chilled uh, out and very relaxed. I try and be like a big Labrador in every <laughs> space that I can. <laughs> Let's get cracking. So in the book, one of the, the key things you say is that we're all a little bit afraid of love, that we're somewhat scared by it. Tell me more. Yeah, well, the the kind of the premise for the book is really, really kind of like I work with a lot of one-on-ones with people. Uh, as a meditation teacher and just a kind of a spiritual guide in many ways. And the one thing that I've discovered from kind of dealing with all these various heads and personalities is that the thing that most people have in common is their disconnection from an ability to love themselves and an almost a kind of a, a resistance to going there. So when you simply ask someone, you're like, hey, is it possible for you to just right now say, I love you to yourself? And and I'm, I mean, we can even do this as an experiment straight off the bat, like, and you'll probably notice there's a little bit of squirmishness kicks in, you know, there's a little <laughs> it's natural. Bit... I can feel myself doing it, as you, as you mentioned. Yeah, so. right. Do you know what I mean? And it, it, I think this stems from a kind of a shame and a fear to really love ourselves. We are programmed from the earliest of age in our childhoods that that loving ourselves uh, is is somehow not a good thing to do. Our sense of worth is so depleted. So a big part of being an adult and maturing as an adult is learning to love yourself again. And by people who are squirming as we talk already yeah. and, 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 and even contemplating pressing the off button on the podcast <laughs> because we've asked them to love themselves. Talk, you think, first of all, you think that's an Irish thing? Like we've, we've, we've people who listen from all over the world, but do you think it's predominantly an, an Irish thing? I think it's any culture where parents are stressed and parents are overwhelmed, you're going to grow, your children are going to grow up with this feeling that, oh, I'm causing more trouble here, or I'm, I maybe don't belong here, or I'm bringing a factor of this stress into the family, right? So these are the kind of the messages that we get from childhood. And so I think that's pretty much like anywhere in the modern world. And, and this idea, I think what's interesting too, is like when we sort of say this idea of like, I love myself, right? In itself, it sounds quite vague, but if we can break it down to just being like, well, are you taking care of your body? 
I mean, that's something that most people can relate to. Are you kind of identifying what your wants are in life? Are you looking at what your needs are? Are you going into relationships where you're becoming a caretaker rather than someone who's like on an equal footing with their partner? So these are all kind of like the more tangible elements of loving yourself. It can be simply like like taking a day off it during the week, you know, or like eating a healthy meal. Um, I say that as simple as those things, but like we all know they're not simple, right? Of course, they can be yeah. the harder things for people to do. So I suppose yeah. the, the, the concept or the word loving yourself what, you, has a deeper meaning for you, which is mm -hmm. it's minding yourself. It's, totally. it's it's minding the body. It's it's nourishing yourself in terms of food. It's the, the partner that you, there are different, there are different levels of strands to that loving yourself concept. Yeah, totally. And it kind of, um, it, it, it leaks into every aspect of our life. And it's it's way more visible that the anti-love. You know, you can you can tell when a person doesn't love themselves. They are so hungry for attention. They're so domineering in conversation. They control, they want to control everything. There's the control freaks, you know, all these sort of things. You can you see the absence of love all the time. Um, and so Building pathways for people to kind of learn to love themselves again is really simply kind of recognizing, oh, this is enough. Like we all run around with this feeling of like, if I can perfect myself, you know, if I can just perform at a higher level, then I'll be worthy of love. But I think as we all sort of know that what like what constitutes like what what becomes this level at which we say, oh, now I love myself is really a matter of perspective. It's an attitudinal thing. And that's where the loving yourself thing comes in. That's where I think you can train this idea um, that, hey, I'm actually enough. I've done great this week. Um, and in terms of love, there's an internal, which is kind of what we're chatting about yeah. currently. And then there's an external, whereas we seek it. So you kind yeah. of mentioned it there, the people who seek attention, who seek, uh, they seek love on all those levels. But what you're saying is it's stemming from the fact that on a basic level, you don't love yourself. Totally. I mean, like, it's it's no, uh, it's kind of the paradox, but those who sort of like are, who receive most love are actually those who are most love depleted. You know, the most famous people. I mean, like, I mean, we could even use ourselves as, as test examples. You know what I mean? Here we are, like, kind of our names are out there. We're getting attention and, and it feels very good. And this probably stems from a little bit of longing and a little bit of lack in ourselves. I want attention. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, it totally does. I mean, if you were a, a very healthy, satisfied, ordinary person, there's no way you would want to put yourself like in this position. So um, I think I'm very much kind of, you know, I guess the, the attention whore who's teaching people how to find attention with inside themselves. And can you tell a lot about yourself from the, the people that you surround yourself with? in terms of relationships, not just kind of partner relationships, but friends, co-workers, or, you know, it, 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 the, yeah. can you see a lot about yourself? And does it reflect almost in the person, people that you're surrounding yourself I, with? I, I think so. I think like a, like the healthier you are, the more criticism you're able to take on board, um, the stronger the, the characters you also maybe have in your life. Uh, a lot of us, especially in our relationships, we look to people to prop up our inabilities. So, for example, if you don't love yourself very much, you're probably going to go out with someone who maybe kind of like papers over some of those cracks. Yeah, in the same way, like if you're an introvert, like it makes sense to go out with an extrovert. 
And opposites attract. Opposites attract. But I think opposites detract from our growth. So like, if you're an introvert and you go out with an extrovert, you're never really going to learn to kind of express yourself. You'll stay in that introverted space um, and vice versa. And it can become much more, um, it can become a lot more, um, I guess, negative too, if you're someone who's never really learned to find encouragement in yourself, then you're going to go out with someone who will just function as a kind of a, a constant helper and cheerleader for you. How amazing would it be to be able to like resource yourself from within and find that power from within? And is it fair to say then people who aren't in relationships are potentially good at loving themselves and that they're not seeking the external person, the extrovert or the introvert, or to patch over the cracks, that actually they're quite content with? Possibly, or they've hardened their hearts to it. You know what I mean? There's, there's either, I think they've either reached a level where they are, uh, and of course, like, you know what I mean? We're organic. So this is constantly changing. Our personalities are constantly fluid. You know, I'm not sure you can put somebody into these categories, certainly not for a whole lifetime. Um, but I do think that um, it's, it's very important to learn to feel special when you're on your own, rather than constantly seeking this feeling of being special from the attention of others. And for people who are listening in who are they still listening in? Oh, absolutely. You've hooked them. You see, we took them away from the love word and love became, you know, nourishing your body and taking yeah, a day yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, people are going to work tomorrow. I'm taking a day off because I'm going to love myself. And it's mm. great, you know. Yeah. But for people who, re I suppose, who struggle to reflect then, right, to, to struggle to do the hard work mm -hmm. in terms of being able to accept their defi their deficiencies or de or their, 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 their traits or whatever. Yeah. Where... The advice for them, where where do you start? That's that, that's my question for you. Well, I think this idea of like deficiencies is kind of is dangerous too, because that ties into this idea that we, we that that we're not already perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, my belief was that all of us are perfect already, you know, and it's our our purpose in life is kind of just to realize that and recognize. Remind that. me to bring that one home later. I'm perfect. <laughs> I, I was chatting to this guy today. Guy, he said he said I'm perfect. <laughs> We're all perfect and we could do with a little improvement, you know, that, that's kind of the, the, the basic mantra. But just this, it, like when we consider our lives and like when you sit down with anybody and you talk them through their life and you see anybody, what they've overcome, what they've had to deal with, what they've achieved, how they've managed to keep the train on the tracks despite it all, like it is, it's a very difficult thing to be tasked with being a human in this world, to live these lives, to put up with all the expectations that are placed on us. So I think it is far more beneficial to us from a health point of view, not to strive for perfection, but just to recognize that we're already perfect. And by doing that, it takes the, uh, it makes everything okay or a lot of things okay in terms of, you know, we've done well. We've got through two years of a pandemic. We've all, we, the stress is, now there's war and inflation and everything else to go with it. But yeah. by patting ourselves on the back, so you know what, I'm doing my best. Yeah, and well, you see, what, what's interesting, Carlos, like if we look at the habit pattern of the mind, you know, the habit pattern of the brain, these brains, these wonderful brains that we have, they're designed to keep us alive. So 
um, uh, these brains focus on all the problems around us. Now, the problem with, say, having 24-hour rolling news is that we become aware of like this vast, vast range of problems that we can't do anything about. Like you and I can't really do much about Vladimir Putin. You know, we can't really do much about inflation, really. But because the habit pattern of the brain is to personalize every problem, what's happening is you've got an awful lot of people going around internalizing a certain form of blame for inflation. Now, you and I aren't really in control of inflation. There's sort of there's financial systems, which are very cruel to people, which are kind of pulling the strings on this inflation. Right. And. But the habit pattern of the brain is to blame ourselves for this. We torture ourselves for everything that is happening in the world. And this is so dangerous. And so this idea of kind of learning to sort of recognize, okay, there are things that I can take care of, such as like my direct family, such as my personal health, is far more conducive to, to well-being than kind of throwing this huge net around all the problems in the world and blaming ourselves for it. Folks, you listen to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. So, Connor, what you're really saying is it's controlling your controllables. Yeah. And that ties in, you know, if, we, if we've had therapists on or psychotherapists on, a lot of it, you know, that comes up every now and again, which is a really good mm -hmm. kind of coping mechanism for, for dealing with the big bad world, which is you control your controllables. And you're kind of tying in with it, with that and what you're saying. Yeah, totally. And um, and and this is also just like so. If you if you kind of our thoughts, right, um, are a product of the environment that we find ourselves in. So it's also about being really, really careful of the environment that you place yourself in. So that can mean like what sort of what sort of media are you being exposed to? What sort of people are you being exposed to? And I know this can sort of ring a little hollow for people who are just like, well, I work for a tyrant and I have to go there every day. But as much as you possibly can, to just be very, very aware of the energies that you are allowing to influence you. Uh, because they will directly influence your thoughts and your thoughts will directly uh, influence how you feel about life. Meditation is all about learning how to recognize that our thoughts are just this sort of cluster, an environmental cluster, much like that's why we always talk about how it's like clouds passing in the sky and so on and so forth. And recognizing that, ah, OK, I can also not pay attention to them. And that's like that's a big key in like self-love is learning how to not pay attention to these kind of looping, persistent, torturous thoughts that are in, are in all of our heads. And it's important to say that self-love is different for everybody. So for some yes. people, it could be taking a day off work. For some people, it could be, you know, blue zoning or green spacing out in nature. For some people, it could totally. be reading it. So whatever your thing is, yeah. that's your thing and that's cool. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of us have this idea that self-love is somehow, you know, a bubble bath and a chocolate bar and a bottle of white wine or something like this, you know. But it, it could be something as simple as saying no to a family event. Or it could be, you know, setting a boundary with your partner or taking a bit of space. And it, and it goes from these things where it's sort of like maybe saying no to sugar <laughs> uh, to maybe getting yourself a puppy dog. Or to like traveling around the world or quitting your job. Or it can go from the banal to the dramatic. And it's very much, it's all based upon, I think, you becoming aware of what you really need and then giving yourself permission to have that. 
Chat to me around finding the right person and finding the right people around you and surrounding yourself with yeah. the right type of person or the right type of love from others. Yeah, well, I think it all stems, Carl, from just becoming... So, so our bodies are these phenomenal devices that let us know at every second if something feels good or something feels bad. Like our bodies, if we can become more aware or more sensitive to what's going on in our gut, what's going on in our chest, what's going on in our thought sphere, the more aware we can become of this, the more knowledgeable we are of like, ah, this is good for me and this isn't good for me. And we know immediately when we're in certain social circumstances, we, we, we talk about it, we say, I vibed with a person, I don't vibe with that person, I get a funny feeling about this person, you know, and so on and so forth. So the more you can kind of honor <coughs> the, the language of your body, then the more natural this process becomes of just, you will find your tribe. And so many of us, you know, so many of us find ourselves in social circumstances where we blame ourselves for not really oh, why don't I get along better with these people? Or why don't I feel better with these people? And of course, again, coming back to this habit pattern of the brain, to torture ourselves for all the failings around us. Um, the more you can just become aware of like, oh, this person isn't doesn't vibe with me. I don't vibe with them. That's fine. They'll vibe with somebody else and I'll vibe with somebody else. I think that can be really beneficial. And what about people who find themselves in the wrong tribe, but unable to break away yeah or a fear of breaking away even though they that may be the thing they need to do mm -hmm. but they don't know how to do it or whether it's a mm. group of friends whether it's a relationship whether it's yeah know, that's a bit you know big question yeah 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 and i totally understand that but and i think this all comes down to like if you change yourself the people around you will automatically change um yes there are people who are kind of caught up and say Toxic relationships, yes, there are people who caught up in probably like abusive relationships and things like this. And 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 that's that's difficult, you know, especially if you have like, I mean, I grew up in a home, you know what I mean, where there was an alcoholic father and a mother who probably couldn't have coped without that alcoholic father at the same time. So we had to all stay together. Um, and I think in circumstances like that, like it's very difficult. It's very sticky. But if you can really begin to do the work on yourself, and I think my mother's a great example of this, like she went to counseling, she went to therapy, she went to Alcoholics Anonymous way before my father did. And through doing all this work, my father finally went to rehab, you know, and, and our family are still together and we've learned to like love each other and heal so much from this. So I think the real message is like, change yourself and the world will change around you. And that if you find yourself somewhere that you need professional help, like some therapy or, yeah. or, or whatever it may be, that it's the first big giant step in changing everything around you. Yeah, and everyone needs therapy. There's an, I've not met anyone who doesn't need therapy and a lot of it. Like we are, we come into this world as very, or not we come into this world, but like nobody survives their childhood without extensive bruising at an emotional and mental level. Chatting about breaking up then and the resentment around that or if you are resentful. Yeah, well, I think there's perhaps been, <clears throat> I guess the resentment comes from, mm, I think if we explore the resentment, what, what happens there is we, we, feel, we feel we've been conned. 
we feel that we were promised something and then it didn't come through. And I think if you explore that a little bit more, you'll recognize that you actually conned yourself. You, we, like the falling in love process is, is basically like a dumbing down process, you know, romantic love where we kind of, you meet someone, you idealize them, you put them on a pedestal, you don't see their flaws. You see some of their flaws, but you're like, oh, it's so cute the way they've got such financial instability in their life, or it's so cute the way they lose their temper. You know, th there's things like this that we do and not to be glib about these things, but like there's, we do dumb down. And, and there are biological processes going on that enable us to dumb down, like all the serotonin and dopamine running through our bodies. And so then when we do break up, the reason we break up is because we, we feel like we've been conned. But the reality is we deceived ourselves. And this deception part is a very clever biological trick to keep us procreating and keep the, keep the species alive. Um, so I think like, you know, you can use a higher wisdom here and recognize, well, you co-created this scenario. Um, you deceived yourself. You, you decided to fall in love with someone who is just as flawed, just as annoying, and just as disagreeable and emotionally traumatized as you are. And bada bing, <laughs> they ended up like disappointing you, as you no doubt disappointed them. And because love is inherently disappointing, and that's the point. So it's only it's taking ownership. Totally, and and you can take ownership over everything, you know. And I think that's the most empowering thing we can do. Um, it's easy to sort of like blame the person, and then in that way you kind of you take a shortcut. But by sort of recognizing, well, hold on, like where did I maybe, you know, where did I kind of fall into the dream of love? What things did I ignore? Because people will really tell you who they are. If, if you cannot fall asleep at the beginning, if you cannot be, if you can avoid being overly enchanted, and um, people will really show you who they are, especially if you ask them about the previous relationships. The honeymoon phase of relationship can always happen because you you, yeah. you you miss everything. Yeah. When people listen in, we we like to give them key takeaways from an episode. We ask guests such as yourselves, yeah. very passionate, very uh, totally ownership of their topic. What three things they would like a listener to get from the episode? Um, that mm, the only love that will really matter in your life. The love that will matter, sorry, let me rephrase that. The love that matters most in your life is the love that you can generate inside yourself, independent of what anybody else thinks or says. So just coming to that place of just being like, I'm okay. I've done my best. I'm a good person. Those feelings are so, so important. And we get to them by ending this habit pattern of always trying to consume love to find it in others or objects or places and um, the other thing i would say is everything you need to know everything that you um every teacher every piece of advice is already deep inside you your body is this phenomenal instrument that contains all the wisdom in the world and the more sensitive you can become and we become sensitive by simply spending more time alone being intentional um being super curious, the more time you can sort of spend growing in awareness, um, the easier your life will be because all the answers are already inside you. And the third thing 
I don't know. Those two are pretty good. It's a hard question. Very <laughs> strong. <laughs> I think the third thing is like really, um, and I and I think this is something for like, um, I think this is something I'd like to maybe address more to like Irish people, because I think the the problem, not the problem, but a, a kind of a common thing that so many of us here in this country have, and this is this is the intergenerational trauma of many Irish people, is that we are inherently people pleasers. Um, and so in order to get out of this people-pleasing program, you have to get really familiar with what you want and get in the habit of like, instead of just automatically saying yes, no to things, just say, let me think about this. Let me feel into this and spend a little bit of time to just feel into your decisions because this people-pleasing program that so many of us have, and it's a product of the intergenerational trauma in this country, it causes us to just say yes to everything out of a fear of being bad. And then it causes us to say no to our dreams out of a, out of a shame that our dreams aren't worthy. So I would just say, like, really, really think into this, explore it, um, because it's such a destructive thing in so many lives. If people want to find you online, where can they find you? Um, for a meditation teacher, I am way too much on Instagram. Uh, Connor <laughs> Crichton is my name on Instagram. Um, and also, um, my books, uh, This Is It was the first one. The Truth About Love is this one. I have a website, connorcrichton.xyz. And um, yeah, that's it, mostly. Great. Yeah. Connor, it's been a fascinating 25 minutes or so. Thank you so much for coming in. We really appreciate it. Folks, that's it for another episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. You know where we are at Carl Henry PT on Instagram. Don't forget to rate and review if you've liked what you've listened to. And we'll see you soon. Slong go full. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry.